Thank you, Brother Neville. Lord bless you. Good evening, friends. It's very nice to be out here again tonight at the tabernacle to speak again about our Lord and Savior, who we are all in love with. I'm sure we wouldn't be sitting here in this hot building, jammed in the way we are tonight, if we didn't love him, because that's our purpose of being here, is to express to him that we love him. And our anticipations are, are greatly moved when we think of his approaching time, as we see the signs appearing of his advent, we are longing for that great hour. And when we shall see him. Uh, since I was here the other Sunday a week, there's been more has gone on to meet him. One was Mrs. Ford, uh, Miss Levi Ford. She is 80 years old, a precious woman. Her husband passed away some time ago. He's a veteran of the Spanish-American War. And in my life story, I mentioned her son's name. He's the one that was going to save me that suit, you know, after he wore it out, that, uh, uh, the suit of, um, I believe the Boy Scout suit. And uh, he, when I went to get the part of it, there's only one legging left. And Lloyd's perhaps sure tonight, the same boy, and I uh, had his mother's funeral the other day. And he asked me, he said, Billy, I wish you would speak on something that proves that my mother rises again. And the Lord gave me a message for it <laughs> on the exact positive when the Bible, all nature, everything that God created speaks that she'll rise again. Who, who's going to speak against it then? God says so, proves it by his nature, proves it by his word, proves it by her life. Everything else, she's got to raise. There's no way. There's nothing. Heavens and earth might fail, but that won't fail. She's got to come forth again. Then, day before yesterday, a manager used to be with me, Mr. Baxter. Many of you remember him. He spoke right from this platform. His wife died suddenly with a heart seizure. And uh, he's very tore up and very sad. I trust you'll remember Brother Baxter in your prayers as you pray, because he's one of our brothers, and he lives in Vancouver, British Columbia. And um, he uh, hasn't been with me now for a number of years. And I heard that his wife had had a kind of a nervous break or something, and then all of a sudden she took a heart seizure and was gone. We just can't tell what time it's going to call. And then when he calls, we must be ready. That's the reason that we're here tonight. I was in the study there, the office, rather talking to Mr. Moore. He'd persuaded me. I was trying to get away from Thanksgiving. I wanted to have a meeting here for Thanksgiving Day. And then going to Shreveport, of course, I wouldn't hardly be able to make it. And finally, he said, well, if you've got three meetings now, I ain't going to have them seven seals later, then you could give us that one day anyhow. So finally, we'd go give him that Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And now, I promise him, man, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And it'll be, Pentecost will be 50 years old in Louisiana, the Thanksgiving game. It fell 50 years ago in Louisiana. Now, tomorrow morning, uh, we're going to... Connie Press said, everybody that doesn't have a, a Sunday school you're attending, I see our precious brother Don Ruddle here, and I know he has Sunday school in the morning, and perhaps these other ministers in here from around the neighborhood that have Sunday school. Now, we want you to go to your own Sunday school if you have one. But if you have no Sunday school and you like to be with us, 
I want to speak in the morning and put out a blackboard and teach on the whole statute of a perfect man and draw it out in, on the blackboard and show God's requirements and how we come to the perfect statute of, of a perfect man before God. And then tomorrow night, the Lord willing, I want to speak on the subject of my guide. So if some of you that's out of town and we want to try to start these services early. If uh, I haven't talked with the pastor yet, but I wish you would start Sunday school real early in the morning and church tomorrow night, maybe if possible, begin at 6.30 or something, and that will give the people an opportunity. So if they want to stay, we can be out maybe by 8.30. And then some of them uh, met a lady today at driving three, four, by, she said she, we got out at 8 o'clock or 8.30, she'd get home around 2.30 or 3 o'clock the next morning, her husband going to work. So... We won't be doing anything anyhow, just loafing around, so, so let's just come on to church early. And we don't have, you know, we don't have to have a farm about this. God is without farm, you know, the Bible. So we hope that you're all here and all that can be. Now, if you have your own services, remember, this is the interdenominational tabernacle where people just come. And uh, most of our crowds are made up from out-of-town people. Now, if there happens to be a stranger here, I want to show you something. And I just walked to the platform, and I don't see—I don't see ten people that I know. How many people here from out of the city of Jefferson? Raise your hand. Ninety-nine percent. It's just friends. How many here from a hundred miles away? Raise up your hand. There's fifty percent of that from over a hundred miles away. How many here from over two hundred miles away? Raise up your hand. Three hundred miles away? Raise up your hands. Look at this. 400 miles away, raise up your hand. Look here. 500 miles away, raise up your hand. Look at there. Over a third of the congregation, over five miles away. See, it's his friends that gathers in from around where we're going to be here. So we're grateful for you. And we're here to help you. We're here to do all that we can for you. Now, I just was reading back there some a letter my son just handed me of a lady that said this coming this time will be 35 trips that she's come hoping to be prayed for. 35 times she's drove for hundreds of miles. 35 trips. And then, remember, there's about 600 and something waiting on a waiting list from around the world trying to get to for interviews. You see, I think it's pretty complicated. When we're just right here, it isn't too much. We could just hear that. See, it's around the world. And um, so we are pressed. What if that lady's in the building tonight? 35th trip that wrote a letter. She'd be here tomorrow for 35 times she's been here without being prayed for. I guess she's not in the building. Maybe didn't get to come. I was just reading um, her letter back there. Now, I've always tried to, when I come down here on, when I'm at home, to talk about something, not just to be talking, or not something that would please the people. I've tried to speak about something that would Please God and help the people, you see, for help that we can all, no matter what church you belong to, what denomination, that you could be helped for a closer walk with God. And that's our reason of being here, a closer walk with God. And when we find that the day as late as it is and the drawing near of the Lord, I told my wife today, if I don't get in a revival somewhere, I, I'm going to perish. I, 
I just can't stand it. I, something just inside me burning. Oh, we just come through a whole series of meetings where thousands of people attending, and no matter if you had um, two or three million people, if there's no revival, that's just what we uh, used to call down in Kentucky a protractive meeting. <laughs> you know, we all go out to a protractive meeting, we call it. And uh, but we want a revival where the Spirit of the Lord is moving upon the people, and uh, people are being saved, and great things are being done to accomplish something for the kingdom of God. Now, in the prayer services, usually we you can see why we couldn't hold a prayer line here. See, it's just so jammed up you couldn't do it, see? But usually in the prayer lines is people who are comes and they find the the Lord to be real. And we find that the Lord Jesus hasn't changed one bit from what he was, he is today and always will be. And the Bible said in Hebrews 13, 8, that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in the congregations of the people that gathered to hear him in them days, maybe they wouldn't get into a prayer line, but they would have faith to believe. And our Lord would turn as their faith would touch him and would turn and tell the people that there were certain things wrong with them that they had done and for them to go and be healed or go do something, make something right or something. We know about the woman at the well and the woman with the blood issue and also many of blind Barnabas that their faith touched him. And tonight he's still the high priest of our confession just as great as he ever was. Now, we got to let ourselves be his servants. He is the vine, the, the resource of life. We are the branches that receive that life. And the branch bears the fruit, not the vine. And now, Christ works through his church. And then if we can yield ourselves in such a way that the Holy Spirit can take complete control of us in our faith in Christ, He'll do the same thing, because it's Christ. And if you're here, a stranger, and with us, now usually the people here yes, in the tabernacle, our pastor here has prayer for the sick practically every night, and you get prayed for by our gracious and beloved pastor, Brother Neville, a man that God hears and answers prayer for, Brother Armin Neville, and, um, and a brother... Don Ruddle and those other brethren who pray for the sick, Brother Jackson, I guess he's around here somewhere from the other sister church down in Hyde Park. And uh, at this time when the, it's so crowded, if you just believe God, whatever you have need for, and you're a stranger and I don't know you, you just ask God and see if he isn't the same yesterday, today, and forever. See if he can't speak right back. He knows you. He knows what's wrong with you. only thing you have to do is believe him. And then he'll use you for one instrument and me for another. Jesus said, St. John 14, 7, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. Now, that is a yielded vessel. Now, tomorrow we're going to teach how you become that vessel. That God, the Holy Spirit, can work through you. And so, see, he was God was in a pillar of fire. Then he was dwelt in his son, Christ Jesus, now in his church. Once he was called the Father, 
than the Son. Now the Holy Spirit is God projecting himself to the world. The only way he could get into the church was first die for the to sanctify it that he might project himself through his church. Then he said in St. John 15, I am the vine, ye are the branches. See? And the branches bear any fruit. The Lord bless you. Now, before we for the lesson tonight, and I don't want to keep you long because I see the people standing up and one taking his place and then another sit down and so forth. We're trying hard to get a, a permit to seat about three or four hundred more people, but the city seems to hold us back on it because we haven't got adequate parking room. We got the permit from Indianapolis and then the city, we have to have parking room. Well, when we put four people in here, we got to have enough room to put a car out here. And this parking lot here really belongs to the city. <laughs> See, they, we're, our church here is just one foot from the city line. And the, really the highway, the reason it's built out there, of course, some of you people, young fellows here, wouldn't understand this, but this used to be a pond. And I remember when I was a boy, we'd ride down here and we had to go around out there and the people get around the pond, they built the road right around the road, around the pond. And I bought this lot here, praying right here where this is, the Lord told me to buy about 50 years ago or 32 years ago it is, I think, right here in a great big swamp and horse leads over my head, and I bought the lot for $160, this corner right here, and built the church. Now the Lord bless you. I want to, if it would be called a text, for some of the, read some of the context on notes, I would like to speak to the audience tonight upon the subject of the influence of another. And before we speak or read the word, let us bow our heads and talk to the author of the word. Now with our heads bowed and our hearts bent to in his holy reverence, I wonder if there's some tonight would have a request that they is burning on their heart that they might just raise up your hand before God and say in your prayer, Lord Jesus, I have needs. Speak to me tonight. Heal me, give me my uh, financial needs or whatever it is. He supplies all our needs. God bless you, about 90% of the congregation. Our Heavenly Father, we are approaching Thee. Now as we leave this little tabernacle of clay that we dwell in, this little ship that's sailing lifestyle in Maine, by faith we're coming up above Mars, Jupiter, Venus, the moon, the stars, the Milky Way, and arriving now by faith at the throne of the Father. He's setting there his pierced hands and his feet. Well, that blood now makes intercession as we lay our gifts upon the altar of gold around his throne. We thank thee first for Jesus, who made all these things possible to us through our faith that we're going to ask. Thou didst see the hands, you know what was beating beneath the hearts of the people. Now lay my faith, Lord on the sacrifice, the great golden altar of God, where the incense is being burned daily. I pray that you'll hear and answer their prayers, Father. Give to them the desires of their heart. Now, as we have assembled, Lord, tonight for these three gatherings, we are here in this hot building tonight for no other purpose but a closer what with thee. Knowing what to do. Yes, Lord, what to do. As the prophet said, they that walk on the Lord, they shall renew their strength. We shall mount up with wings as an eagle. 
They'll run and not be hurry. They'll walk and not faint. Lord, teach us how to wait after we have asked and had faith to know that you heard. And in your own good time, you'll send our answer right down the golden stairs from the orders of heaven right into our soul and we shall receive what we have for because we believe it. Sanctify our ears tonight to hear and our hearts to receive. And may when the service is over, may we say like those who came from Emmaus, did not our hearts burn within it as he spake to us along the way? For we it in his name. Amen. I would like to read tonight a portion of scripture found in the book of Isaiah. Tomorrow, be sure if you have a paper... I want you to, I'm going to have a chart up here on our blackboard to kind of draw out. I want you to get it if you possibly can because you can study it after you get home. Isaiah, the sixth chapter, I wish to read a few verses out of this chapter to draw the context for tonight. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw all told the Lord sitting upon a throne. High and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphim. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his foot, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another, and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the temple moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was full of smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphim unto me, having a light hold in his hand, which he had taken with the tongue from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin is purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Who shall I stand, and who will go for it? Then said I, here am I, send me. This is quite an undertaking when we think of the what it's going to mean as we study this vision of Isaiah. It's, I've always liked Isaiah. He was one of the major prophets. Isaiah wrote the complete Bible. There is 66 books in the Bible. And Isaiah wrote 66 chapters. He begins with the beginning of creation. In the middle of the book, he brings forth the New Testament and John the Baptist. And at the uh, 56th and 60th chapter, he ends up in the great millennium. Genesis through the New Testament into Revelation. Great man was this Isaiah. Finally, died as a martyr under capital punishment, 
Every spirit-filled man of the Bible died or was persecuted under the federal government. Every one of them that you can think of, Moses, the Hebrew children, and Daniel and Isaiah. Isaiah was sawed to pieces with a saw. And on down, John the Baptist, every one of the apostles, Jesus himself, all died under capital punishment or punishment from the federal government. And according to the way things are heaping up, there's going to be more testimonies added to theirs. One of these days, if there ever was a time that we must stick together, it's now. I guess you hear of the meeting going on in Rome, and we're having, they're having a great time over there, and they're going to start a revival. It'll be a worldwide revival, surely. Back to this subject, we get that in the seven seals, to this subject of being influenced. King Uzziah was a shepherd boy. He was raised and he loved the outdoors. And he reigned during the time of Isaiah's prophecy. Isaiah had learning from, from uh, one of the other major prophets. And uh, I believe it was Zechariah that Isaiah had understanding through him who was a prophet as Isaiah come on the scene. And Isaiah was called and he was a prophet. Prophets are not just made of man. Prophets are born prophets. Now there is a gift of prophecy that comes into the church that people uh, give a prophecy Many members of the body of Christ could do that. That's under inspiration. But a prophet uh, is set in the church by God, predestinated to the gift, uh, a prop, uh, the gift to be a prophet, not a prophesier. Now, now we find out that this young man taking the throne, if you want to take some of the scriptures down in Second Chronicles, the 26th chapter, you can read where tells that King Uzziah, uh, after his father died, uh, A-M-A-Z-I-H, Amazgah, after he died being a righteous man and had turned from the Lord and was slain by his own people, uh, Uzziah taken his, or Uzziah rather, taken his place as king and he was set on the throne and anointed at the age of 16 years old. Just a boy. But he was in line to be king. Yet being just a lad, and he did well. The Bible tells us that he had a godly father and a godly mother. And he could be nothing else, hardly, with such influence as to be a godly boy. Because that had been what had been placed before him at all times. You know what I think? Everybody has their own opinion. But one of the greatest, and to my opinion, the greatest president that we ever had in this nation was Abraham Lincoln. Uh, not because he was a Republican, but because he was what he was. A godly man. And he was raised, and he done serve God. And he said, if there's anything that I want to give praise to, he said, uh, my life was influenced by was a godly mother 
who taught me to pray and to know Jesus as my Savior. Oh, your families, what you are. You raise your child in a certain environment. It's got a 98% better chance to go right than it has if you bring it up in the wrong way. Bring up a child in the way that it should go, and when it's old, not depart from it. Be brought up right. Teach your children to do right, to be honest, to be square and fair, even when they're in school. Now, many times children are prone to copy off of one another and try to press their way through uh, school. But, you know, I think if you just get it yourself, then it's something that you, you can appreciate your good graded paper. You know, if you're going to have a test the next day, instead of running around all night, getting up the next morning and think, well, I'll sit next to so-and-so, they're smart, and they'll, I can copy off of them. If you'll just, before Dad returns thanks at the breakfast table, if you just say, Dad, remember me today, I got to take a test in chemistry or whatever it is. Then you, when you pray, Dad, say, God bless John, Mary, in their test today, I'll tell you, turn the tide. Remember, we can have what we want if we will ask in faith believing. Jesus said, all things are possible to them that will believe. You have not because you ask not, and you ask not because you believe not. He said, ask abundance that your joys may be full. I like that. Our teaching, right, say the right thing, do the right thing. Think the right thing. Always be thinking right. I have a little slogan. Do right. That's your duty to God. Think right. That's your duty to yourself. And you're bound to come out right. You can't be going east and west at the same time. Or you can't be going right and wrong at the same time. No matter how much you think you're going the other way, if you're not traveling directly west, you're not going east if you're going west. So this young king being influenced by his father when he was a young man and taught Israel the precepts of God. And then all at once he turned in his life days and taught against God and his own people. Uh, he was slain by his own people. It looked like that would have been a great lesson to Uzziah about this. But we find that when Uzziah taken the throne, that he started right in the way his daddy did bringing back the things of God, bringing Israel back to the worship of God. He strengthened himself. And I want to always be thankful for him in his young days because he never played any politics. Although politics might have been against him, but yet he stayed right on the line of God. And it thrilled this little young prophet so till he become a hero. He was an example to Isaiah the prophet. And Isaiah went to the castle to stay with him, to the king's palace. He called him and he liked Isaiah. Isaiah was young also and, and he, they were chums together. How that king, when he would go out there and the, some of the man of politics would 
come in and say, we must do so and so. King Uzziah first sought the Lord. Lord, is it your will that we do it thus and thus? God, give us a president like that. Not only that, but give us preachers. <laughs> Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things will be added. This must have been a great influence because Isaiah loved him because he seen that he was a great man. And he, he stood firm and solid for God. You know, each time in the days that we live and the things that we do, Remember, the public don't only look at the pastor the way he lives, he, they also look at the laity. Oh, how it's too bad when we think of the church. Sometimes if the pastor belongs to a certain um, uh, organization or a clan, and this organization sends him to a certain church, and sometimes that pastor's hands is tied by that organization. And the little fella wants to serve the Lord, and he thinks, been taught that's about the only way he can do it, is by serving his organization. And if he got up and preached what the Word said, the church would pull him out. And then he's afraid he wouldn't have a chance then to preach the gospel. Oh, what we need in the pulpits today is man like Uzziah was. No matter what the politics of his church or politics of anything else, he played the hand of God through. He waited till he found, Thus saith the Lord. Then he did it. Little that little prophet, young fella, about his age, in the temple with him, they'd get down together and pray. No doubt, and ask the will of the Lord and then compare it with the laws of the Bible. Then if it was all right, Uzziah passed it. If it wasn't all right, he condemned politics on it. God give us more like that. And that thrilled Isaiah because he was born a prophet. And Uzziah become a, a hero to Isaiah. You see, because of his, his stand for God, he became a hero in the eyes of the righteous. And there might not have been too many righteous. But the thing we want to do is make our life count for God. Somebody's watching you. I was getting after somebody the other day in a certain neighborhood that had a, a great denominational church, had a big um, rock and roll party down here, and they were dancing till about 1 o'clock in the morning. And um, they had been teasing someone that comes to Tabernacle and said they were holy rollers that came down here because we had no denomination. Oh, did that give me a chance? <laughs> you can just about imagine what happened. But the thing of it is, now, those people, no doubt that the young lady that made the remark, if she only knew what was truth, I was in the mountains a few weeks ago, and way back when I was coming home, we went back, the family and I, to rest a little, where we were going again, the Lord willing, next week. And then, back there one night, I saw a vision, and it was a, a lovely 
pretty woman, looked young woman, running. She had her hand there, and she was perishing with a heart attack. A beautiful woman, and she dropped and was gone. And the angel of the Lord said, Now, when you hear this, remember, they're going to say that she committed suicide, but she died in a heart attack, and it's almost four, so you just say four o'clock. And then he left me. And I didn't wake the family up in the little uh, cow camp or where the cowboys stay where we'd go back there to round up the cattle. I, I just let them sleep until morning. And then the next day I mentioned it. And I said, some young woman, very attractive, is going to die of a heart attack. And on the road out two days later, Derek come in on the radio that this Miss, um, I can't think of her name, Monroe, Mrs. Monroe. I think that was her stage name or whatever it was. Her name was something else. And she had died, and they said she committed suicide. Now, I don't make any difference how much I say it. They're still going to say she committed suicide, but the child did not. She died in a heart attack. And if you'd watch, she had her hand trying to get to the phone, the phone in her hand. She had a heart attack. They said sleeping pills were there. She'd been taking them for a month. See? Or more out of that bottle. She died in a heart attack, and she died about... Four or five seconds before four o'clock. Exactly. And I read of her life story in the magazine. How that her, she was an illegitimate child. And how that she'd washed so many dishes in her mother in the insane institution. And she had longed with, she was the most perfect bodied woman I guess in the world. But she had longed for something that money wouldn't buy. Oh, oh, I wish I could have got to her. I know what she needed. There you are. Maybe members of the churches of fame, famous, famous Hollywood, where all the decoration tinsel is on. But they've seen those people. She could see they live no different life than what she did. It takes influence. It takes the power of the resurrection of Christ amongst the people that they see that Christ is not a statue hanging in a building, but he's a living being in the form of the Holy Spirit living in men and women, bringing peace and contentment and happiness. Oh, if we could only got to the young lady before she left the world. Now, influence. We find out that as Uzziah's life influenced this prophet, and so such a place that Uzziah, Uzziah rather built walls and strengthened himself and took back the grounds and the possession that belonged to them from the Philistines and so forth, until his fame went all the way to Egypt. And I'll tell you of all the chronicles of the kings, there was none of them outside of Solomon that spread forth like Uzziah. Why? Because he set the example. He stayed with God. No matter what his people thought, what anybody else thought, what his politicians that tried to influence him, he stayed directly with God. And God blessed him. It was a great help to this young prophet. How God blesses a man that will be true to the Word of God. Now, he may not be very popular, but he'll be blessed. And now, people have to take your choice whether you want to act like the rest of the fellows or whether you want to be blessed of God. Now, you can just take your choice. If you're going to live like the rest of them, you'll be blessed to them. But you turn your 
all your desires to God and you'll be blessed of God. So you have to choose you to say who you serve, as the prophet said. Always remember thy Creator. First, always. Now, but the, when this king got to a place, being such a great man and influencing Isaiah and the righteous, of course, of his kingdom, he got to a place, he got feeling self-secured. And there's where you make your mistake. There's where so many righteous men fight the dust of shame, fight the dust of defeat, is because they begin to feel self-secured. You begin to think that you have lived so long for Christ that no matter what He presents before you, you'll take your choice whether you want it or not. You've got to continue to serve God. No matter what you was back ten years ago, it's what you are now. The king got to a place that he thought within himself that he got lifted up. Pride got in his heart. And that's what happens to us. If you'll pardon this expression, that's what's happened to our churches throughout the country. There are fine people in there. Some of the best in the world goes to church. I think the best in the world goes to church. But the thing of it is, the, the organization system gets lifted up. That's what's happened to the, uh, the Methodists. That's what's happened to the Baptists. That's what's happened to the Nazarene, to the Pilgrim Holiness, to the Pentecostal. Lifted up. Self-will. Self-centered. Pride. That you can't tell nothing to. God can't find a way to get into their hearts. It's because they become so know-it-all that nobody can tell them anything and by building themselves around reasoning with brethren, they build themselves around their creed. And when they do, they leave God in the back. That's what happens to doctors. When they get so self-centered that they don't need any help from God, that's when I don't want, want one fooling with me. <laughs> when you leave God out of anything, you just, I want you to leave me out too. See? Because you must always remember God first. He got lifted up. <clears throat> so many today, you take a, a family of people that will start going to church, and God will heal the little family. He'll bless them and give them the Holy Spirit in their lives. The little children will pray around the table. They'll pray before they go to bed. Mother and father will join hands and pray. And as long as they continue like that, they'll stay a family. But you let them get, first thing you know, they didn't have nothing, an old junk car, maybe riding around in or maybe walking. Finally, they'll get a good car, a better home. And the first thing you know, then they want to get to what they, the world calls a better class to associate with. They move into a different neighborhood. And in there, they find out they become influenced by the wrong influence. You must always stay where the kingdom of God is and where the glory of God is pouring out. Stay where you can be spiritually fed day and night. Then the first thing you know, separations comes in the home and worldliness, and they get lifted up. Uzziah did that. He got lifted up. Much pride. And now we see what he tried to do. Now what really got him when he got lifted up in his heart, we're told, in the Bible, in Chronicles um, the, um, uh, 26, we find out, Second Chronicles 26, we find out that he went 
into the temple of the Lord with a censer in his hand to burn incense unto the Lord. And when he did, the minister of the temple with fourscore other ministers followed him and told him, don't do that. You're wrong. You are not a minister. You are a king, not a minister. And he was wroth. And he flew up. And his temper got away from him. And he left the censure to go anywhere and God smote leprosy on him right there while he was standing there in his anger. And he died a leper. He had to take him out of the temple. There's where we want a lesson now. If this man, which God had blessed in his capacity, but he wasn't satisfied with that, he wanted to take somebody else's place. You can't be nothing as Congressman Upshaw. You remember him, the one that was was crippled for 68 years and was healed in the meeting out there. You know, as a congressman of the United States. He said, you can't be nothing that you hate. So that's about true. You've got to stay in your calling where God called you to. Now, as long as he remained king, and he was a blessing to the people, being a king. But when he thought he was a minister, then he thought because God had blessed him, he could be anything he wanted to be. But he was a blessing to the people as a king, but not a blessing. He'd become a curse upon them as he tried to take the minister's place. And we have a lot of that. Everybody wants to pack the ball. See? When you're playing a ball game as it's football season, the thing we want to do is not everybody try to take the ball away from the man that's got it. It's trying to guard that man. Protect him. Let him get through. We're trying to make a goal. But could you imagine a team so untrained as to find one man, their own man, with the ball running to the field goal, and then instead of trying to knock the enemy away from him, the opposing team to let your own man that's got the ball take off with it, every man trying to take the ball out of his hand, while you're bound to lose. And today we have the same thing. When we see God come on the scene and going to bless a certain thing, let's keep all the enemies away from it. Let's use our influences as tackles, not runners, tackles, that protects the runner. Let's him pass the ball through because there's no opposition. All he has to do is just keep running. And we should be tackled. I speak uh, worldwide, you know, for the full gospel businessman around the world, organizing chapters. Not long ago, when I believe it was at Kingston, Jamaica, when they had Castro and all of them up there at this meeting, or we've been down to his place, that's where it was. And the celebrity of all through the islands was up there. And those businessmen was trying to preach the gospel. He's out of his place. We preach 
preachers have hard enough time to keep it level. And they use every little influence they can find and every little technique this way and that way and it keeps it so scrupled up you don't know what to do. Many times in a, in a church, a little church can have a revival going on. Someone will want to go out here and lead a prayer meeting. And then he's got a different idea from what really the Bible says, but he believes it this way anyhow. And he'll start an influence and draw others away from it. The thing to do is protect the message the way it's going. Stay right with it and knock everything away from it if we're ever going to cross the goal on it. And I said, brethren, there's something wrong. You fellows are businessmen. The first place, you don't understand the approach. You don't understand the approach to the ministry because the ministry is a God-called gift. God has set in the church first apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and pastors. God set them in there for the perfecting of the church. Businessmen should testify. Women, housewives, no matter if you're the maid in somebody's house, testify. Do everything you can for the kingdom. But don't never inject your own ideas. Just say what the message says and keep going on. And then maybe you have some Influence. Don't try to preach now until God, you know, calls you. Just stay right with that, your testimony, because if you don't, you'll get off in the wrong category, and then you'll mess up everything. That's it. And it doesn't please God at all. This proves it here. When this king, now when he was rebuked and told the truth by the minister of the building, and tried to tell him that he was wrong, that God called that for Aaron's descent only, and they were consecrated to that service. Only. That's all they were to do. They were consecrated for that. And a king, no matter how righteous he was, or how much God had blessed him, he had no right to burn incense. He was taking the priest's place. And he should not do it. And when he was rebuked, he got lost. His temper flew up. And right while his temper flew up, leprosy appeared in his face. He broke out with leprosy. And then he dropped the censure run out of the building. Hey, trying to impersonate somebody else. We shouldn't do that. And he's angry he'd done wrong. And he was smitten. Oh, it was certainly a lesson to this young prophet. To see now, no matter how great the man was, he had to abide in his calling. I realize this is being taped. And I know it goes all over the world. Back into the jungles and hot and tops and everything else, this message here tonight will be translated into languages. But I say this with all my heart. How could many people say, why don't you join certain organizations? Why don't you come on with the Pentecostals? Why don't you come on with this group? Why don't you just let these little things go? How can I do it? Amen. I've got to stay with that message. Amen. When the angel of the Lord appeared down on the river, and that light there as you see, and when it's proved by the government and everywhere else the science, scientific research that it's the truth. And he told me to stay with this word. Then how could I swap it for a creed? If those men are out there to do that, let them do it. But we are called to preach the word. Don't compromise. Stand on the word. So now you see the reason that it's a dangerous thing to try to compromise and do something else. 
or try to get lifted up within yourself and say, oh, I can do this and make more money. I can do this and all the brethren will agree with me. I can compromise on this word and 99% of the ministers will turn around, well, that's fine, that's good. I know now, many of them call, what is it? Loaves and fishes. Seeing the people healed, the zermits and the powers of God and so forth manifested, they get you there to get meetings and to get people in the, the churches and things, but when it comes to agreeing upon the word, they'll get away from it. You can't do that. Stay with the word. Now, this was a lesson to this young prophet. That no matter what he tried to be, he must stay in his calling. Oh my. He learned the, the God's order of man. God's order to man is stay in his place. God's order to women stay in their place too. You can't take a man's place. You're trying to do it, but you don't do it. Man don't take women's place. Don't dress like women, and women don't dress like man. The Bible says it's wrong to do that. The Bible says a woman that puts on a garment pertains to a man is filthiness before God. An abomination, see? But now you can hardly tell one from the other. See? Now, how are you going to do but just call out against it? Well, then when you do that, did you see this court order this week here in Indiana? What a shame! Less than 15 years ago, a family here in Port Fulton, I think some of the family's sitting here tonight, here in Port Fulton, they sent a little girl home from school for wearing shorts to school. And said, this week they're trying to sue and put out of school, and they did it. A little girl that refused to wear shorts in school. What's the matter with our nation? I thought this is a land of free. I thought we had a right, religious freedom. This father stood up and said, it's against our religious belief for our children to wear shorts, our little girl, 16, 17 years old, to wear shorts. It's against our religious belief. And they dismissed and expelled a child from the school. I understand that everybody that won't agree and come into the, to the, the international agreement of this fellowship that they're trying to form. To put unite all churches together. The Federation of Churches. That all that won't come in and unite with it, they're making a little province, they're going to send them to Alaska. You might as well get ready for cold weather. <laughs> it looks like it's coming. So, what a disgrace! My lifelong friend, Jim Poole, his son stands here tonight. I wish his dad would only come and do what his son did. And we were talking today by telephone conversation. And he was remarking about, a, I believe, a news commentator or someone. I don't remember just who it was now. But said it used to be that, that the American people taking a bath once a week and prayed every day. And said now they take a bath every day and pray once a week. <laughs> I believe I'd rather do it out the bath. <laughs> but this shows how we have fallen. What's happened to this nation? 
About five years ago, I was in Ohio, and I was having a meeting up there at the, um, what is the name that place we're at out there on that Chautauqua, and I was listening to a newscast in the hotel, and it said the flower of freedom died this afternoon in a court here in Ohio. The Amish people, they don't believe in sending their children to these public schools. They have their own schools. And in this certain neighborhood where these were at, they didn't have any um, high schools. It's the law of Ohio and Indiana, I think a national law, that all children must go to school until they're 16. And this uh, man had a couple of children, boy and girl, that uh, wasn't 16, and they refused to send them to the public schools where they teach the ethics of Darwin. That man descended from a single cell via monkey. All he is, just a glorified monkey. And, uh, and so they didn't agree with that. And they won't let their children hear it. And so the courts pulled them in. And this little smart-addict judge said to the old aged father and mother with his crock hair cut, his overalls on, he said, Sir, this state of Ohio has a law that says that the child must attend school till it's 16. They said, you refuse to send your children. What do you answer? He said, honorable sir, I respect the laws of this lovely state in which I am a native. He said, but we come here years ago, our forefathers, for freedom of religion. And that's why we are here, for freedom of religion. Our religion teaches us that we don't believe that we come from animals uh, to be man, that uh, we believe that we were created in the image of God. Therefore, it's against our religious beliefs to send our children to a school that teaches such. Therefore, we don't have any high school here for our children to go. And uh, it's not because we don't respect you. We respect what you believe. But for us, we don't believe that, and we don't want to talk to our children. He said, you'll either send your children to school or you and your wife will spend two years in the state penitentiary. So what's your decision? He said, Mother and I will spend the two years. And they turned and started to walk out. The old judge must have felt a little bit condemned. So he said, remember, don't your Bible say, give Caesar what Caesar's? And the father turned around and he said, and to God? The man on the news said, well... Then the freedom, and the judge said, I've sentenced you to two years. He said, then the freedom, the power of freedom died in that courtroom this afternoon. After all, the dunkards or the Amish other, no matter how peculiar they are, they believe in holy living. Amen. And there's not one record nowhere in the United States to where they ever had any juvenile delinquency. Not one person, one child from their religion was ever a juvenile delinquent. Let it be peculiar whatever they raise, right? Amen. I don't blame them. But listen, the fire died there right then, but about ten minutes it revived again. The prosecutor attorney all up pushed back their books and said, then we resign from our job. For if you break that constitutional right, they'll break the rest of them. Did you notice the other day when that wise old Methodist bishop, what he said about that saying that prayer in, in, church, in school? That wasn't a Methodist church. 
That bishop was wise enough to know that. That was another group seeing how far they could get to force a certain prayer in, in schools. If they pass on that, they'd pass the other as quick as they could. They're throwing every out that they can. Don't worry, they'll get it. Oh, we want the cross. We want Christ now while we can. Don't be influenced by man who maybe can send a more pottage down. Don't be influenced for man that will give you a better machine to ride in or a better home to live in and sell your birthrights to Christ. Don't you do it. Watch what you're doing. Always follow that one who is influenced and is backed up by God. That you know what God is with them. Don't follow wrong influence. Yes. All right. Don't try to take another's place. The vision at the temple, he saw on, on the throne God lifted up. God being lifted up. Now you see, this king that he had made an example before Isaiah, and Isaiah seen that that king, as soon as he got out of his calling, well, God smote him with leprosy. Then Isaiah thought, what must I do? Uzziah was dead. He leaned heavy on his arm. And he thought he was gone. What would he do? Life itself was gone for him nearly. So what did the young prophet do? He made his way down to the temple to pray. He fell down at the altar. And he cried out. Sometimes God lets the very tops be knocked from under us. Sometimes he lets sickness strike us. He lets disappointments, heartaches strike us. Sometimes he does that to get you where you'd be influenced by the gospel. Be wise enough to catch it. Don't be stupid enough to walk away from it. Notice, Isaiah knows that he must find something different. So what did he do? He went to the temple. He raised up his hands and he cried out to God. And he fell into a vision. And as he fell into the vision, he saw God. Not on a throne down here, but lifted up. Way up. Oh, my. His train was falling. He lifted up into the heavens. And he saw back and forth through the temple, seraphims flying. Oh, my. Seraphims. It means uh, a burners. The word seraphim means, which it is next to the altar. Actually, the seraphims is the one who receives the sacrifice and cleanses the worshiper and then presents him to God. The seraphim does. Now, this seraphim was angelic beings, and they are the very next ones to God, right at the altar. And they receive the sacrifice. It shows the justice of God that sin cannot come in His presence unless it's been atoned for. And these seraphim, remember in the seven church ages, how they guarded them gospels? One on either side. Remember we took them back to the Garden of Eden with a flaming sword standing there? They guard the altar. And Isaiah, that great prophet, when he fell into the Spirit, he saw first God setting way up into the heavens above any earthly king. So I saw the king. The Lord setting high and lifted up. Then he saw the real king. And his train was following him. And he saw seraphim flying through the building. 
They had wings over their face, wings over their feet, and they were flying with two wings, and they were crying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. What a music! What a rhythm! You say they must have been saying it very lightly. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Isaiah said, when they spoke, the pillars of the building shook at their voice. They wasn't just saying, now, holy, holy, holy. Oh, what a voice! And said the pillars moved and shook at their voice. They were screaming. Those angelic beings standing next to the side of God screamed, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. What a vision. <laughs> oh, my. Notice, again, Isaiah, who had been leaning on Uzziah's arm, and saw him die under the judgment of God, and then saw these holy beings that was next to the side of God, the seraphim, crying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, and then holy angels covered their face. Holy angels covered holy faces in the midst of a holy God. And who are we? Ah, oh, you Methodists and Baptists and Presbyterians and Pentecostals. <laughs> who are we? When holy angels hide their holy faces under the wings to stand in the presence of God. When angels a being that's actually beyond angels. The angels don't stand there. Only the seraphim. They're beyond angels. And God's so holy until they cover their face in the presence of the holy God. And the only thing they could say was, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. A special covering bond. To stand in the presence of God. What kind of a covering do we need? They had to be covered. But I want to say this right now. The blood of Jesus Christ is all sufficient. <laughs> See, Christ never died for them seraphims. No, no. But they were created beings. He never died for angels. He died for sinners. He never died for holy people. He died for unholy. As long as you think you're holy, He never done you no good. But when you realize you're nothing, then he died. He died for you, see. When you realize that you're nothing, then he's used what he died for. God's all holy. There's nothing to him but holiness. That's all. Purity. Now, let's note these wings for a few minutes. We find out that two wings he covered his face with. My, think even holy angels covered their holy faces in the presence of the holy God. And the only thing they could say was, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. And we were told that they cried day and night. That's the first step from God coming down. Day and night. No way not. And you think that we make a lot of noise. What do you think about millions of those around the throne with a voice that shut the temple pillars? Amen. Amen. 
his holy, holy heart. You know, his voice <laughs> shook the temple. When millions of them crying around the throne of God, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, with wings over their faces, wings over their feet, <laughs> with wings, reverence, respect, oh my now, there's no reverence or respect. For anything talks about holiness. <laughs> you talk about holiness, you're called a holy roller. <laughs> there's no reverence, no respect, for neither God, His people, or His Word. Now, where's this bunch going to wind up at? <laughs> I think you're right, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> You hit the nail on the head that time, son. <laughs> yes, that's about right. Where will this irreverent group wind up at then? Where will this irreverent bunch wind up? That's it, the ones that have got no respect at all for God. You know, it used to be if a woman or a man said they was a Christian, people respected it. But today they just like to see how much fun they can make out of it. Irreverent group. Why? Why? You know what? This is a reason they're not conscious that that's the truth. They're not conscious of God. They don't remember that the Bible says that the angels of God are encamped about those who fear Him. They don't even just come and visit and they, they stick their tents down. <laughs> Amen. The angels of God are encamped about those who fear His name. Stay there day and night. The old colored brother sang that song, The Angels Keep Watching Over Me. He said, All day, all night, angels keep watching over me. <laughs> That's right. All day and all night, angels keep watching over me. Jesus said about them little ones, Take heed that you don't offend one of them, for their angels always behold my Father's face which is in heaven. They're always camped about watching those, and they don't even believe that, ungodly people. We're going to get on what godliness and ungodliness is in the morning, Lord willing. Now, notice, they don't even believe that. They've lost all decency, all respect, all reverence, and yet go to church. The most irreverent bunch there is is them that goes to church. Right? No bootleggers, moonshiner come down the street, pass around half drunk, you talk to him about the Lord, he'll stand and talk to you. Some of those moss-backed so-called believers, church members, will laugh right in your face because you don't want to go around. Certainly. They're irreverent. You think you have to belong to their little clique or you don't even live on their side of the road, see? It's the truth. Irreverent. Now, these angels, when they're in God's presence, they was believing. David said, you remember we had here a few nights ago when I was preaching on something, and he said, David said, I place the Lord always before me, that I shall not be moved. Moreover, he said, then when I do that, my flesh shall rest in hope. <laughs> yes, sir. Because I know what, he will not leave my soul in hell, neither suffer his holy one to see corruption. For the Lord is always before me. Wherever you go, place God. If a man gets angry and crushes you, place God between you and him. If a guy calls you a holy roller, place God between you and him. If the wife gets angry with you, place God. If the husband gets angry, place God. Amen. If the children aggravate you, place God. Amen. Whatever you do, place God. 
If Papa and Mama gives you a little spanking and crash you, praise God. Remember what God said about that. Bring up a child the way it should go, see. Always remember. Praise God. Put God before you and you'll have reverence for God and respect for Him. That's right. Now watch. Two wings, he covered his face. And two wings, that meant reverence. Reverence before God, bowed, covered his face. Now, we, we don't have any wings to cover our face with. We bow our heads at his feet. Bow our heads and pray in reverence. Respect. Yes, sir. Recognize it. And two wings, he covered his feet. His feet covered his feet represented humility and respect. Like Moses. Moses, in the, the respects of God telling him he was on holy ground, he took off his shoes. See? He did something to his feet. Paul, in respects to God, reverence, when the angel of the Lord come before him at that pillar of fire, he fell on the ground on his face. Respect. John the Baptist, he had such respects when he saw Jesus coming, he said, I'm not even worthy to touch his feet. See, the feet showing respect. See? Oh, be conscious. Here's only one thing to be conscious of. Your littleness. If you want to get somewhere with God, make yourself real little. Don't make yourself big. Like, hey, hey, uh, Hezekiah, he got in there and he, he said, I'll do this anyhow. Whether I, you ain't got no business telling me. See, he should have made himself humble. Yes, servants of Christ. Pardon me. You'd have never took leprosy. No. I know that's your job. God calls you. That's your office. You go ahead and do it, sirs. I'm very sorry. Back off. There's been a different writing in this book. But when he was corrected, he got angry. You correct people about something they're telling about the wrongdoing. They'll leave the church. They won't not go to somebody. Tell women they shouldn't wear short hair. Well, I'll go somewhere where they can wear it. A lady went here some time ago. I sat my wife down. was in a meeting. She didn't have time to wash her hair. And she, I told her to go to one of them there beauty shops and get her hair washed. She went over there, and that lady didn't even know how to put her hair up. She had twists around the top braid. Come on, so now I wash anybody's hair long hair. So you know about it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, my. See? They don't know what it's all about. Why? It's because a weak pulpit they've been sitting under. <laughs> a weak pulpit. They won't tell the truth. They compromise with it. See? Better, it's been better... If you hear it and you talk to one of them, they'll get up and blow up and say, I'll never hear that holy roller again. See? Go ahead. Use a kind. That's right. Leprosy. Well, I'd rather have leprosy any time than that kind of leprosy. That's leprosy of the soul. When you grow up and what broke out, you right then broke out again in leprosy. Sin, which is worse than leprosy. It's a leprosy of the soul. Uzziah probably went and slept with his fathers, the Bible said, which he was saved because he just did something wrong. But when you do it knowing better, then you break out leprosy of the soul. And then there's no way to take a leper soul in, you know that. So then, make yourself a little. Humble yourself before God. Recognize. Don't get all puffed up and blow up. Search the Scriptures and see if it's right. I told someone not long ago, they said, Brother Bama, I understand that you're Jesus only. I said, you understood wrong. I said, I am not Jesus only. I said, well, you baptize in Jesus' name. I said, that don't make me Jesus only. I said, Jesus only doctrine, they baptize to regeneration. I don't believe in that. I don't believe as soon as you're baptized in Jesus' name, remit your, soul, your sins. I believe Peter said, repent first. Turn around. You missed the mark. Go back. Repent and then show to the world that you've been, you're being baptized. I believe that 
I don't believe in being born again is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It is not the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's being reborn again. We're reborn by the blood. Blood cell comes from the, I mean, life cell comes from the blood. You're baptized with the Holy Ghost into the body, but you're born by the blood. Absolutely. You're born by the blood of your father. I'm born again by the blood of my father, by you, our father Christ. Yes, sir. But you see, we don't believe that stuff because we baptize in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't make us Jesus only. Not at all. No, sir. Yes, sir. Moses humbled himself in the presence. When he heard the voice of God come forth, like I said, take off your shoes. Moses reached right down and jerked his shoes off. That's right. Paul, when that light smote him to the ground, he said, Saul, Saul, I persecuted this time. He said, Lord, who are you? Right down to the ground. Who is it? said, I'm Jesus. A pillar of fire. I'm Jesus. Hard to kick against the priest. Lord, what must I do? <laughs> he was ready. John the Baptist saw him coming. One of the greatest men, Jesus said, there never had been a man born of a woman as great as John. And when John saw him, he recognized him so little. He said, I'm not worthy to take his shoes off. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Always notice a big man humbles himself. The way up is down. Oh, hey. Make yourself little and God will bring you up. He that exalts himself shall be abased, but he that humbles himself shall be exalted. Oh, my, I like that. Make yourself little. Always be little. Don't be the big shot. Be the little fellow. God's the only one among us that's big anyhow. That's right. You always say, it's a holy church. The holy people. Oh, no. It's a holy God. That's right. And an unholy church and unholy people. Right. Ain't no such thing as a holy church. It's a holy God in the church. Not a holy people, it's the Holy Ghost in the people. And they're talking out of the people, they're talking to the Holy Ghost that's in the people. Amen! That's the right word. Hey, man, that struck home. I felt that one. Yes, sir, he liked that. Glory! Yes, sir. All right. Make yourself little. Covered his face with two reverence. He humbled himself, but covered his feet. Now, thirdly, with two he did fly. He put himself in action. <laughs> with two of them. He's reverent before God. He was humble before God. Not only that, he just didn't sit there, but he put himself in action. <laughs> Amen. Put himself in action. Whatever he had, he's ready to go with it. Yes, sir. Only thing he could say was, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. But he put himself in action with that. That's right. He got in action. That's what the church needs tonight. Is first be reverent. Next thing be humble. Then get yourself in action. Yes, sir. He showed the prophet. When he showed the prophet how he represented his servants. How he was going to do. What did this guy do? This angel... The prophet saw his voice shake the pillars in the temple. When he heard, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And the building shook. And uh, the heart again, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And the building shook. Isaiah said, Woe is me. A prophet. <laughs> A vindicated prophet. Born the prophet. The major prophet of the Bible. And he said, Woe is me, for my eyes have seen the glory of God. Now look at that prophet humbling himself. A prophet. The man that the word of God came to. But when he saw a vision in action, 
He said, Woe is me, for I'm standing so close to see the Lord's presence. Our modern American people can see it happen and walk away and laugh at it. When he saw a vision be made manifest, a manifested vision, oh, God have mercy on this sinful world. A manifested vision, he cried out, Woe is me, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell among a people of unclean lips. I'm all undone. There's nothing good about me. Well, you say, bless God, I belong to the Presbyterian, Methodist, Baptist, Pentecostal. I don't have to sit and listen to such stuff. What a difference there is. What a difference. You remember this prophet called from his birth, vindicated, predestinated to his office, and is seeking truth. And he'd been with the king. He saw the works of God be manifested. But when an open vision come, instead of exalting him, he said, Woe is me. I'm all undone. I'm being poured out. For my eyes have seen the glory of God. And we can see the glory of God and we'll go around and say, A bunch of holy rollers. People's crazy. No wonder we don't get nowhere. I remember I told you when I come down here, say something that'll help people. Yes. Yeah. We must re-reverence that. We must give it just uh, uh, every bit of uh, respect that we can. When we see an open vision from God, speak forth and know it's the truth. Woe is me, said Isaiah. I'm in a building here tonight, or today or whenever it was, and I see the glory of God. I see an angel speak, and I see something move. And I look up there, and I see God manifested right here. Woe is me, because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell among the unclean people. Watch what happened. Oh, what did he do? He showed the Isaiah, the prophet, that man shall be honorable, shall be reverent in his presence, reverent, humble, and then get in action. That's right. Strike in action. Like the woman at the well. <laughs> when she saw something happen, brother, she had two wings. <laughs> she got away with him right quick. She come out there to Jacob's well to get some of that contaminated water that he's arguing about. <laughs> but when she got a drink out of that fountain of life, she went into action right quick. She didn't say, Sir, please tell me where you got your education. Where did you get this stuff at? How'd you learn it? Uh, how'd you know that I had five husbands? How'd you know what was wrong with me? How'd you know I was a woman of sin? How'd you know these things? She never questioned. She said, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. We know when Messiah comes, he'll tell us these things. Oh, my. She recognized it by the Scripture. And she said, I know when the Messiah cometh, he'll tell us these things. Hmm. He said, I'm he. She went in action. <laughs> right down into the city, she went as hard as she could go. said, come see a man who told me the things that I've done. Isn't this the very Messiah? When she saw truth, she didn't try to pack the ball, but she was sure giving us some some, a lot of respect. <laughs> and she was sure giving a lot of support. <laughs> so she went down and said, You come see! <laughs> you don't believe it? Come go with me! Hey! <laughs> I feel like a holy roller tonight. <laughs> yes, sir. My, if that's the way you feel being a holy roller, let me be one. Yes, sir. I know he's right. I know he's sure. 
I know that same Messiah. I know that same God. That same Christ is right here in this little hot building tonight. I prove it to you. Amen. 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 Look at that angel of the Lord standing around a corner right over a man sitting over here saying, he's a reverend, Mr. Whip. He's from up in Virginia. <laughs> right. Certainly with a nervous breakdown. If you believe with all your heart, you can go home and be made well. Amen. Do you believe it, sir? All right. Go home. Get well. Your nervous breakdown's finished. His name's Moron. He comes from Illinois. He's got rectal trouble. If you believe that, sir, do you believe it? I'm a stranger to you. If you believe that, she'll leave you. When the coal of fire had touched the prophet, making him as pure as pure could be, when the voice of God said, Who will go for us? Then he answered, Here am I, send me. No matter what the persecution is, no matter what the cross is, send me, Lord, here No matter how many turns you down, how many this, that, the other, send me. That same Messiah. He's right here now. I see him again. Amen. What is it? That woman went in action. She got them wings and began to fly. She got in action right quick. When the apostle Peter... When he took God at his word one day out on a sea, he'd fished all night and hadn't taken nothing. And Jesus comes to him and said, cast your net on the other side of the boat. He said, Lord, I'm a fisherman. I know when they bite and when they don't. I know where they are and where they're not. But I fished all night and haven't even taken a minute. Now, if you say cast oil, I know there's no fish there, but at your word, Lord, I'm going to lay down the net. What did he do? He went in action. Amen. There's a pool full of water. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, it's time to get in action. If you're just a church member and don't know God by the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it's time to get in action. Right? Cover your face. Reverence. Cover your feet in humility and bow your knees and go in action. If you don't know God, get in action. When the blind man who couldn't see, when Jesus spoke to him and spit on some mud and put it in his eyes and got him to heal. Heal when he did. He went ashen. He spread his fame. He didn't try to pack the ball. But brother, he spread his fame throughout all the regions around about. <laughs> what did he do? He got ashen. One time a blind man was healed and said, that man's a sinner. You don't even know him. He said, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. But this one thing I do know, or has once blind, I can now see. What did he do? He got ashen. <laughs> That's what the church needs. Get in action. We got too much farm. We got too much world dignity. We need to get in action. Amen. He spread his fame abroad everywhere. The people at Pentecost, they didn't know very much. They couldn't sign their own names, some of them. They're scared. They got in the upper room. But one day, what did they do? They went up there in obedience to his word. They took his word. Oh, the people today would just take his word. Then they'll get in action. Tarry in the city of Jerusalem, Luke 24, 49. You shall receive the Holy Ghost after this, the promise. After this, the Holy Ghost come upon you, then you be witness to me. Acts 1, 8. Luke 24, 49 said, Behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you, but wait up at the city of Jerusalem until 
You're in with power from on high. How long? One hour, two hours, ten days, four months, six months. Does it make any difference? Until. How long is that? Just until. When you ask God for anything, stay right there until. Hey. Stay until. Until what? Until it happens. Wait it. Believe it. Hold on to it. Go in action. Testify about it. Testify. Don't be afraid. Get in action. They were in the upper room, what? Praising and blessing God. What for? The promise. They know it had to come. There you are. Get in action. Go to praising God until the promise is fulfilled. You've got the promise. If you believe God healed, stay in action. If you believe He's going to call you out now and you're holding on to Him, stay in action. Stay in action. you got two wings, so use them. Stay in action. Wave them back and forth. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. You can't tell her, holy, 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 yet say, Lord, I believe. <laughs> stay in action. Amen. They stayed in action until there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. Then there really was an action. <laughs> then they went in action. <laughs> Brother, sister, what we've seen happen in this last day is order to put us in action. Amen. We should be in action. It's exactly right. We sit around as if it was something that, well, people sit around, Pentecostal people. The Lord will perform something. They say, hmm, that's pretty good. Oh, my. Don't look very much like a seraphim that lives close to God. Right. A messenger that's even closer to God. You become his child on beyond the brazing altar. The seraphim's at the brazing altar. But you as a son or daughter go right into the presence of God. You don't have to go through any priest and all these things. He is your priest. Right there in his presence as sons and daughters. Brother, I believe we got more than two wings. <laughs> Amen. We got the Holy Ghost. <laughs> That's right. But we ought to be in action with reverence and humility. Not in action to try to push something on somebody, but with such reverence and humility that we could go in action and say, Woe is us. We have seen the presence of the Almighty. We've seen visions happen. Just what he said, the works that I do shall you do also. More than this shall you, for I go to my Father. Hallelujah. We've seen more happen as ever wrote in, well, we've seen more happen in one meeting with them things that wrote in the Bible. More in one meeting that was wrote in the 33 and a half years of his life. That's right. Think of it. We've seen it with our eyes. We've seen it happen. We've seen it foretold come to pass. Watch it. Lame, blind, halt, withered. Things foretold are happened exactly on the dot. Never failed. Brother, that ought to put us in action. With humility. And reverence. From plumb back yonder in the Bible time, from the pillar of fire, hung over Israel. And it was made flesh and dwelt among us. I come from God and return to God. St. Paul saw it and fell on his face. A great teacher like Paul taught under Gamaliel, watered in the dust and cried, Lord, Lord, who are you? I'm ready to go. A great man, what well, he was, a scholar. And he humbled himself. Because he saw the pillar of fire. Not only do we see it with our eyes moving among us, but we even got it in scientific. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, put us in action. Yeah. We see it do the same things it did back there. It does it yet today. Amen. The promise of the Father. Huh. What is it? It comes to vindicate the word, to prove Amen. the word is so. Yeah. 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 the church in Don't you Lord. think so? Yeah. With two, he covered his face in reverence. Two, he covered his feet humility. And with two, he went to work. <laughs> Away he went. Put him in action. 
Now we ought to be in action in respect to the Word. We ought to be telling people signs of His coming appearing everywhere. We see it. Push out in the Word. We hear the Holy Spirit come tell us certain things that's fixed to happen. No more than 20 years ago, right in this same building, it told of President Kennedy coming in, it told exactly what would take place, that the women and so forth that put this fellow in, and exactly what he would be, and we noted all along and told just exactly what would happen, and here it is today. And here's that conference coming up, the Federation of Church and all coming together. Why don't they put us in action? Right. Mm -hmm. Word by word, as he spoke, has been fulfilled right by us. It should put us in action. Like the prophet, we have seen the outcoming or the oncoming of the going away, the denial, exaltations of the denominations lose their places. Like Isaiah stood there. He was a, a denominational man to start with. He leaned upon the king because he was a good man. But he seen what self-exaltation did to him. It took him off forever. And we see what self-exaltation of denomination has done to the church. It's stuck the so-called denominational church out of the ring forever. Amen. Tell me when one ever rose up after it fell. Where's it at? Look back through the histories and see any church that ever fell. As soon as it organized, it fell, and it never did come back again. Uzziah never did return to the, the temple again. He was a leper the rest of his days and was buried a leper. Yes, sir. Now, the prophet saw what that did. He saw that what that exaltation did. Well, we are, nearly ever, nobody can come into our denominations unless it takes a, a test before the psychiatrist to see if his IQ is right or not. He has to have a DDD, PhD before he can even come to talk to us. Our boards will not have him if he doesn't. Oh, my. The best, best crowd in the country comes. Up. Look at the cars that sit around our places. There are Cadillacs and Rickenbackers and so on. We've seen that thing die. We see it dead and the whole thing has become full of uh, imputed, made sores. Imputified sores, rather, as the Bible calls it. It's all sores all together. It stinks. Right. Spiritually speaking, I'm saying. saying. Mm -hmm. We see them lose their hold on a grip on the Word of God and exalt creeds. What did we see it do? Struck with leprosy, unbelief. Huh. My, oh, my. Like Uzziah tried to take the place of his anointed, of anointed office after he'd done been struck and he found he failed it. And we've seen these churches try to take the place of the anointed office to preach the Word of God and become bumfuzzled with it. They don't know what to do. Put the Word out before them, they don't know what to do. So we believe that was for another day. What is it they're confused? How can you hold the office of God's anointed and deny his anointed a word which is himself? The word born. How can you deny the word is right and then still say that you're anointed with the Spirit? The only thing that will manifest the word of God is the Holy Ghost itself. When he, the Holy Ghost, will come, he'll take these things to mind and show them. Right. How can you take the place of anointed office and belong to a creed or denomination? They're dead. The thing you do is fall down and cry out, Lord God, I'm a man of unclean Yes, sir. Them denominations try to take the place of the Holy Church. We believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heavens and earth, and Jesus Christ, His Son. We believe in the Holy Roman Catholic Church and all these different things. We believe in the communion of saints. I believe in the communion of Christ. 
Sir, I believe saints are in glory, sure. But I believe we have one mediator between God and man. Amen. Yes, sir. Poke that stuff. Here's the Bible. Contradicts that. They say, well, that's the Bible. That's God. The Word was God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Now the Word's in our flesh. Make itself manifested. Anointed by the Holy Ghost. Time to go in action. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> the effects of the vision upon the prophet. Oh, my. Caused him to confess that he was a sinner. Anointed prophet. <laughs> he said, I'm a man of unclean lips. I'm wrong. I've done wrong. I'm unclean myself. He's a sinner. He confessed his sin. Yes, sir. Caused a prophet of God to confess that he was a sinner. That's what the vision done. <laughs> some DDD PhD will laugh at it. <laughs> Supposed to be some hierarchy of some church. <laughs> You hear what the cardinal said in that newscast today? He said, there is some that teaches that the return of the Lord is coming soon. He says, of course, we'll have to get rid of that bunch. We want a, a unionized world religion. Yes, exactly. You people, don't you fall asleep now. The thing's closer than you think. This fellow's just about that one that doesn't know Joseph, you know. And what's come in just as tricky as it can be. They got the whole right here, that last place where they'd form an image to it, but taking the Confederation of Church and make it speak just the same as the beast did, and give it power to persecute all the godly people. And will change the time and laws of God. That's exactly what it says. We'll get to that later. It's too late tonight. But we'll, you know it anyhow. Yes, sir. It caused him, caused him to confess himself to be a sinner. Well, if it be a so-called today, they say, well, I'm Dr. So-and-so. I heard a bishop say, when I get to heaven, you know what I'm going to do? He said, I'm going to, to uh, Jesus and say, you know who I am? I'm Bishop So-and-so. He said, yes, I've heard my mother speak of you. <laughs> there are people that believe the Bible is like wading through muddy water. You don't know where you're going. She thinks that he is my guide. I'm preaching that tomorrow night. <laughs> yes, sir. He'll guide you through all the muddy waters. Yeah. All the dangerous shoals, all the high places and low places, wherever it is, he will guide me over this river. Amen. Oh, yes, sir. He'll guide. When death comes, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Hell, I'll walk through the valley of shadow of death. I fear no evil, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, David said, there he is. Oh, if I take the wings of the morning, fly away. There he is. He's always before me, shall not be moved. Oh, my. Take them wings and go in action now. Yes, sir. This prophet went in action right quick, too. He went to his knees. And he said, I'm a man of unclean lips. Then as soon as he confessed, then comes the cleansing. you got to confess first. Mm -hmm. I want you to notice. When this prophet, think of it, a, a man that stood with the federal government, a vindicated prophet, and as soon as he saw that first vision, he never saw visions before. He had otherwise he'd, uh, felt the leading of God and went according to the Word. But this time was an open vision. And he's screaming, I'm a man of unclean lips. And I, all these people are unclean. Woe is me because I see the glory of God made manifest. And we just look at it. We ought to be flying away. I'm a man of unclean lips. He went down to the altar. He said, I'm a man of unclean lips, Lord. 
What can I do? What can I do? For I have seen you manifested right here. I see an angel shake the thing. I see him speak and something move back up. Amen. I hope you're not asleep. Oh, my. Speaking, something happened. Yes. Boy. What happened? And we find out he confessed his sin. And just as soon as he done it, this great voice that had been speaking flew down, took his hand, took the tongs, picked up a coal, placed it up on his hand, come laid up on Isaiah's lips and cleansed him. Notice. He never sent him off to get a Ph.D. degree. He never gave him a book of rules to learn. But he, God was showing the prophet that his cleansing power was by fire off the altar. Yeah. Amen. God's cleansing power today is not recite a creed or join a church. It's the power of the Holy Ghost and fire that comes down and cleanses a man from all these unbelief. Amen. God's way of cleansing a prophet is by fire, not by creed. What would the prophet know about a creed? He's going to be used of God. The Word is going to be made manifest through him. So he could give him a creed if he hold on to that creed. So he took the fire off the altar and cleansed the prophet. Confession first. Then cleansing it by the fire. Glory to God. <laughs> oh, what? Confession first. Cleansing second. Commission third. There you are. First confessing I'm wrong. Second cleansing. Justification. Sanctification. And the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Confession. Cleansing. Commissioning. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. These signs will follow them that believe. Amen. After confession come cleansing. After cleansing comes commissioning. Preach the gospel. Heal the sick. No matter what people said, he finally that precious little prophet died under persecution by being sawed to pieces with a saw. Huh. Remember, it was when Isaiah made his confession that he was wrong. He'd been altogether wrong. He'd been leaning upon his creed. Leaning upon the, the man. A man-made affair. He saw a king that was a great man. He was a religious man. But he saw that all men will fail. See? But when he changed that and looked up here and saw a vision of who God was, then he said, I want to confess. I'm wrong. Them old creeds won't work no more because they're done dead and failed. See? They're leprosy stricken. But I've seen the glory of God made manifest. A creed can't manifest that. A creed can't say it that way. A creed can't do it that way. It takes Christ to do it that way. And as soon as he saw that, he said, Now, I've been altogether wrong, Lord. And then come the cleansing. Then come the commission. Oh, my. It was then that the cleansed Isaiah when God called, Who will go for me? And it was Isaiah that said, Lord, here am I. Send me. The cleansed prophet. Oh, don't you see? Influence. Don't take the influence of Marthella. I hope that's not a name in here. Don't take the names of, of uh, uh, the influence of some little um, uh, girl that goes to high school with you or a common schooler, the next door neighbor that cuts her hair and wears shorts. Don't take that influence. Don't take the influence of some creeded pastor that would deny the Word of God and give you a creed. Don't take that influence. But stand there until you see the glory of God fall. See something move by its effect and see it happen just the way that God said it. Then cry, oh, it's me, Lord. I've been wrong. Cleanse me now, Lord. Cleanse me. 
Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. When the coal of fire had touched the prophet, making him as pure as pure could be, when the voice of God said, Who will go for us? Then he answered, Master, here am I. Send me. He was ready. He saw something. Yes, sir. Millions now in sin and shame are dying. Listen to their sad and bitter cry. Hasten, brother, hasten to their rescue. Quickly answer. Master, here am I. Something's got to be done. It's later than we think it is. May the vision of God so influence the people that they might see that the same God was in the temple as Isaiah is the same God in His holy place today. He's in the holy place of the Holy Spirit. He is the Holy Spirit. He once was flesh. Now He's Spirit moving among His people, showing Himself alive. Not a dead creed, but a living Christ. Same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, Isaiah, quickly answer, Master, here send me. Let us pray. With our heads bound. When the coal of fire had touched the prophet, making him as pure as pure could be, when the voice of God said, Who'll go for us? Then he answered, Here am I, send me. Together, speak, my Lord. Speak, my Lord. Speak, and I'll be quick to answer thee. Speak, my Lord. Speak, my Lord. Speak. might be your neighbor. It might be the woman you work with, the man you work with. But there are millions now in sin and shame are dying. In creeds and denominations. Oh, listen to their sad and bitter cry. Hasten, brother, hasten to their rescue. Quickly answer, Master, here am I. Speak my I saw a vision from the Lord. I saw it happen. Can I'll be quick to ask? He's already spoke now. Speak, my Lord. Speak, my Lord. Speak, and I will answer, Lord. Now, with your heads bowed, I wonder tonight, as I told you coming down, I tried to study something I think would help you. You've seen that prophet. He was a great man. He was born for the purpose of being a prophet. He found out that he took the wrong road. He's leaning on the arm of Uzziah, a king. He saw you can't lean upon the arms of flesh. It's perishable. It's wrong. But look high and see God sitting high upon his throne. Look up there, Jesus. He said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let him pick you up in the Spirit. Watch and see if he ain't the same yesterday. When that little Isaiah saw God's vision move down him into that temple, 
He was ready to confess his wrong. He was ready to confess that he hadn't did nothing right. Did he fly to the nation then? Did he do everything that was right then? Everything that he could do, finally he sealed his testimony with his blood. I think that would be the feeling of all of us. How many feels that you'd like to say, hear God say, you'd like, you'd say to God, here am I, send me. Raise your hands. Here am I. Let me testify to the milkman. Let me testify to, to anybody that I can. Do something. Let me do something. Lord, I don't ask to be a preacher. I don't ask to be this. Well, Lord, if I'm a farmer, make me a farmer that can testify to my neighbor farmer. Let me be a farmer that when I sell my grain, I can testify to the grain operator. Let me be a farmer. If I'm a, if I'm a woman, let me testify to the insurance man. Let me testify to the milkman, to the paper boy. Let me do something, Lord. Let me go in the neighborhood and find favor with my sister here next door who's evil and wrong. Let me give her a testimony with sweetness. Let me cover my face with my wings of humility. Let me cover my feet likewise. Let me be irreverent in your presence. But send me with two more wings, Lord, quickly to somebody. Here am I. Send me. Send me. In this respect, let's all stand then and make ourselves a consecration service to God. The Almighty is here. You believe it? We're in His divine presence. Don't forget that now. His presence is right here, just the same as it was. Frankly, since I've been standing here, I saw four or five visions already happen. That's right. That's right. It's been over two or three people at Blonde Church Church that didn't say nothing. But it's here just the same. All right. Now what we want to do, each one of you in your own way, let's consecrate ourselves to God. We see the sign appearing of His blessed coming. Lo and behold, the fig leaves now becoming green. The gospel of the kingdom has gone to every nation, and we're near the end can be seen. That's right. Is that right? Then gladly away we'll hear the message of his blessed appearing. Soon he's coming in glory to tell to one and all. Then awake ye saints of the Lord while slumber when the end is nearing. Let's get ready for that final call. Amen. Nations are breaking. Israel's awakening, she's a nation now, the signs that the prophets foretold, the Gentile days numbered with horrors encumbered. You see it coming out yonder. Not only nations, but churches. Return, O dispersed to your own. The day of redemption is near. Man's hearts are failing for fear. Be filled with the Spirit, your lamps trimmed and clear. Look up. Your redemption is near. False prophets are lying. God's truth they're denying. That Jesus the Christ is our God. And all they are. But we'll walk where the apostles have trod. For the day of redemption is near. Man's hearts are failing for fear. Be filled with the Spirit. Your lamps trimmed and clear. Look up, your redemption is near. Wipe off that denominational smoke. Wipe off that worry smut. The blood of Jesus Christ is more than sufficient to cleanse you. Look up, let your lights be shining. Take those wings and fly to somebody right away. Let's raise our hands and say, God, here am I, send me. Heavenly Father, consecrating myself to you tonight, Lord, with this church. After this message, stir hard. Here am I, Lord. Send me. Here's my church, Lord. Maybe they cover their face with reverence. 
Maybe they come to their feet in humility. Maybe they have the courage to fly with the message quickly to somebody else. Grant it, Lord. May they testify with sweetness. Be the salt of the earth with its Savior in it. Lord God, this is our sacrifice. This is our offering. This is our thanksgiving. This is what we long for, Lord. Send us tonight to somebody that's lost. May we pull them into church tomorrow somewhere. May we teach them the way of the Lord. May they be saved, Lord, for it's later than we think. Grant it, Lord. May we mean this in our hearts as we speak it, Lord. Take a coal of fire of the Holy Ghost off the altar of Calvary. Touch each heart and lip tonight, Lord, that we speak no lies, that we speak the truth. Take us tonight, Lord, just what we are. All of us are not preachers. All of us are not prophets. All of us are not speakers with tongues. All of us are not miracle workers. But all of us have something to do. Show us where it is, Lord. Testify. Sing or pray. And like bread upon the water, it will return some glorious day. Grant it, Lord. Here we are. Send us to our neighbors to wherever we can. To our fellow man. And tell them of the coming of the Lord. Grant it, Father. Bless us now. May we have good rest in our bodies tonight. May we rise and come to church in the morning. And may you speak so so powerful tomorrow that you'll not leave one stone undone that every man will know how to enter into this. Teach us, Lord. We're waiting. Teach us in the morning how to come to this full measure where we can be sons and daughters of God. We wait on thee, Lord, with the coal of fire ready to be put on our lips. We're waiting, Father, in Jesus' name. Now, with our heads bowed, I'll ask the pastor then to come forward for the dismissing service. God bless you. Hope to see you in the morning now. God be with you. Heal all the sick and afflicted among us. Make everyone of you. I feel filled with the Spirit right now. Hallelujah. I feel Jesus. the Holy Ghost. Hey, I feel buddy. His presence. Hey, I know He's here. Hallelujah. I'm positive He's here. I see Hallelujah. Him. I know He's here. I see Him moving. Hey, bring pillar of fire. Glory. Dear Lord. Hallelujah. See the manifestation of his being. Hallelujah. The deity of his presence. Oh, glory. Great August being. God, hover over this. Amen. Let's not put it in the lost eye. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah.